Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Marion Callahan, reporter with Gannett News, and today I am at Boardroom Spirits in Lansdale, and I'm talking with the owner, or I should say the co-owner, Murat Mamadov, and he's going to talk to us about business in um, COVID times and how um, he has been able to multitask in ways that I think he can best describe. So first of all, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Tell me a little bit about how you have had to react, um, not just for business purposes, but as a citizen. Yeah, it's you know obviously an unprecedented and interesting time to be uh, a business owner. Uh, you know, what started off we're in May now, right? It's been a complete blur. It's funny, one joke we usually make around here is no one knows what day it is because it's all the same long day. But, so true. Yeah. And, and it was an interesting evolution from kind of where we were a couple of months ago to where we are today because, you know, I remember as things are starting to close down, having a conversation with my employees that, hey, no one's getting fired, but, you know, we we're going to probably have to cut some shifts and adjust um, hours just to make sure that we're going to, you know, get through it. Until the very next day, I'm like, all right, everyone's back online. <laughs> because with the liquor stores closing, it created such a, a, you know, a rush of folks coming in. And you know, those first couple of weeks, I mean, people were working 60, 70 hour weeks just to keep up. Um, and tell me about your business, because some of our yes. um, audiences may not know what Boardroom Spirits is. So we're a distillery, uh, located obviously in Lansdale, as you mentioned. And you know, Pennsylvania is actually one of the most progressive states when it comes to manufacturers. We're a very friendly state for distilleries. We're a very, very friendly state for breweries. That's why you know it's arguably, arguably one of the best beer states in the country. Um, so the laws are very progressive that encourages local manufacturing. So with our licensing, you know, we obviously distill our spirits here. We can uh, sell to the public. Uh, we can actually operate a tasting room so people come in and enjoy cocktails, do tours, buy bottles to go. So it's really good to have a distillery in Pennsylvania. Um, so as a distillery, you know, we're obviously a liquor store in a sense um, because you know, we offer a full portfolio of products from vodka to whiskey to aged rum, spice rum, and anything you can think of. For the most part, we, we can't do tequila just because that is a product of Mexico. So I see. And vodka has been important during this pandemic. I think I still have uh, PTSD from the day that we ran out of vodka. Uh, basically, <laughs> uh, just the phone ringing in your ear. Uh, I just kind of remember that. No, but, uh, you know, vodka as a category um, is by far the most popular. It's about a third of the market, say, market share. Um, you know, it's a very clean product if distilled right. Uh, is least likely to be a hangover out of all spirits if distilled right. Good to know. Uh, um, as long as you're hydrated and not drowning in sugar. Uh, so vodka is by far a popular product. And the day we ran out of vodka, we, we joke about it as, you know, the day we uh, think that COVID got real for a lot of people because, you know, with the liquor stores open and us being one of the few providers that's able to have it, uh, usually we have a really good inventory of it, but yeah, we were out for a couple of days and, you know, it was constant phone calls of when's vodka coming back and emails, Facebook. So as a rule of thumb, you know, we never run out of vodka. That's like, whatever we do, make vodka. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely an interesting time. 
And so I know a lot of businesses are just trying to survive this. You know, many have not been able to, um, to operate at all. And so what are some lessons that you've learned through this? Because you're not just surviving. It seems like you're thriving and you're, you're able to get the message out about your business through community service. So, so talk to me about that. Yeah, you know, it's kind of, you have to evolve your business model and, or evaporate, right? I think that's how the saying goes. And, you know, as I mentioned, we're fortunate to have a good core of dedicated workers. Not, none of this would be possible. I can't take credit for any of this. Um, you know, we had the, the folks that are out there running our drive through doing the deliveries, you know, uh, bottling, creating sanitizer. Um, so that, that's really helped out. But, you know, our whole model was we got to just evolve with what's available um, and adapt and do it relatively quickly. Uh, don't think about it too much. Make mistakes, fail fast and recover from it and go from there. So uh, I know it's kind of very high level messaging, but... It's true. I mean, you have to you have to be nimble in these situations. Otherwise, you risk, you know, ultimately going away. And you know, for us, it's you know, obviously the PPP loan was one aspect of it, but we figured we can't rely on slow-moving bureaucracy. We have to adjust and adapt. And were you able to get one? The PPP? Yes, okay. we were. We were able to, uh, and that was helpful in covering you know payroll and everything like that and keeping people employed and running. You know, and even when I look at our uh, restaurant partners, we also own a restaurant called Northbound Restaurant um, in partnership with our good friends from Butcher and Barkeep located in Harleysville. But Northbound is in, in uh, Satterton. It's a you know, rehabilitated train station. And, you know, they did a good job of adjusting to doing curbside pickup, um, you know, uh, basically selling our bottles because with our license, we can sell bottles up there and cocktails. So they're able to still run fantastic restaurant operation, just evolve it to changing times. And so um, where can people get your spirits? I mean, give me a sense of, of your footprint here. Mm-hmm. I know you're based in Lansdale, but you're from Doylestown, right? Correct. So we're from Doylestown. You know, so, um, you know, our footprint for our portfolio is uh, Pennsylvania, um, where we can deliver to people's homes within 30 miles of the distillery. Uh, people outside of that 30 mile radius can actually order to have the product shipped to them. Uh, that's a nice thing with, you know, again, evolution, big companies like FedEx and UPS are now evolving and running pilot programs where they can actually ship liquor to people's households. I know it's revolutionary, but you know. Um, I don't think anyone's complaining about that. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we do have a set of our products available in liquor stores. So once those open back up, um, you know, you can still call and ask them uh, or have them shipped to you. And outside of Pennsylvania, you know, we do some private label in certain markets, but also do distribute in uh, Florida and Nevada as well. How long into the pandemic did you switch gears and realize that hand sanitizer was going to be part of your business? Uh, we adjusted everything immediately. I mean, from starting our pickup model, so not having folks come in anymore, to starting our delivery model, which Chris did a fantastic job of figuring out. And all of them, I mean, none of this could be possible if we didn't have dedicated people that are passionate about our business working for us, uh, putting in the extra hours to, to really make things work. Um, but we switched pretty, pretty much immediately. You know, uh, as soon as the emergency order was available, uh, we started adjusting operations while also keeping up with production to you know, have alcohol for, for people. So I understand that you're giving the sanitizer away. So talk to me about the public service aspect of your operation. Yeah, so as a distillery, you know, we've, we, we're not just a company. We're obviously a for-profit company, but with that comes responsibility of taking care of your community. And our community has been really great in supporting our business, allowing us to grow. And, you know, 
as we shifted over to sanitizer, obviously businesses are going to need it. And our whole philosophy has been, look, any person that needs sanitizer for personal use, come on in. You're going to get four ounces for free per day. So you can come back every day and get four ounces if you need it. Um, and then we'll sell to businesses. That's kind of been our model because by selling to businesses, we're able to continue to fund and, and fuel giving it away for free to, uh, to folks. So, um, you know, it's, it's part of the ba- uh, business. It's part of what we do. You know, we, we align ourselves with certain charities, you know, uh, like we did our rum release a couple of weeks ago and raised about $6,000 for a charity uh, called Stray Cat Blues because they were originally going to have an event at the tasting room. Obviously, you know, that's not possible. So we figured, hey, let's still keep to our obligations. And that was just one of the things that we did. As a distillery, we do have a cat, our mouser. Um, he's not very friendly, but that's fine. Uh, so it, it kind of helped tie things together. But more importantly, it was to raise awareness for the cat charity that you know, we raised money for. Um, and we also did a, a cocktail called the Groggy Cat, uh, which kind of tied off all three of those rums together. And so what are some favorites and some creative cocktails which I will not be leaving without. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> vodka for sure. So okay, we got vodka. that out of the way. Yeah. But uh, no, vodka, bourbon, and it's, it's funny, gin has been coming back. Um, you know, when we ran out of gin, and we were out for about a good three, four weeks uh, just because of everything that was happening, we recently re-released it back up, and it's quickly become a top five, top six seller uh, just because, you know, um, Gin is kind of a steady category, but uh, people have appreciation for gin. And uh, now that the seasons are changing, spring season, GNTs are popular, obviously. Um, but some of our popular cocktails have been, obviously, our menu favorites, our Lansdale Lemonade, which is nice and refreshing. And Mike, who's taken over a lot of our ready-to-drink cocktails, which people can buy as well, um, has done a fantastic job of making that happen. So, uh, And the whole idea with our ready-to-drink cocktails is you're getting the quality of a, you know, the experience that you would get at a bar from a mixologist, because Mike is a mixologist. Um, so we're using fresh juices, no concentrates, nothing like that. We, you know, juice at least 10 cases a day. Uh, we make our own syrups in house, so we're not buying anything off the shelves. You know, things like ginger infused honey. You know, um, and adding some just flavors like, uh, and when I say flavors, we mean like aseptic juices that are fresh squeezed, not from concentrate, to create just really flavorful drinks that people can either pour over ice, shake in a shaker, or top a club soda, or throw it in a blender. Uh, and that program's gone really well. You know, our, our palm daiquiri people love. Our uh, pineapple marg is a favorite. Our uh, margarita, our, uh, made with vodka, obviously not tequila. But uh, um, the blackberry mojito has been really popular. Uh, Lansdale lemonade and our engineered old fashioned. And it's kind of funny when we release some of the uh, cocktails and they run out. We yeah. jerk that it. Well, that's the new vodka now because it's like, hey, when's that coming back? When's that, when's that coming back? So well, that blackberry mojito. That's fantastic. It's, it's very delicious. My book club would like that. It's very delicious. And the nice thing about these cocktails is you really do get a great value because you're getting you know a 750 ml bottle, which is about 25.4 ounces, and they are at about 18, 20, 25% alcohol, so they're not over diluted. And as a customer, you can pour it over ice or dilute it to your own preference. So you get a really good value where you get you know, a lot of cocktails out of that one bottle. So one bottle could serve what, six or seven cocktails? Or maybe depending, on the, on your, depending on how yeah. much you pour. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can get about six to seven cocktails. So that's not bad because if you go to get a specialty cocktail at you know, any bar or restaurant, you'll pay sometimes between 10 and $14. Absolutely. Yeah, like our uh, engineered old fashion is about 43% alcohol. Yeah, I'm all about a bargain. So. Good, exactly. So it's 43% alcohol. You know, generally, you do a two and a quarter, two and a half ounce pour and dilute it a little bit. So that's about 10 cocktails in one 
one bottle at four bucks a cocktail, which is, you know, for the quality that you get, it, you can't really argue with that. Gotcha. And again, you can come through the drive-through. Tell me about your hours. Yes. So uh, we are open for pickup Monday through Saturday from 12 to 6 p.m. Uh, we are closed on Sunday for pickup, and we do deliveries within 30 miles of the distillery uh, seven days a week. So you can place your order online, and all orders do need to be placed online at boardroomspirits.com. Uh, and folks just pull up, say their order number, our folks will pick it for you. Or for delivery, um, our drivers will come, uh, which we say within two days, but generally we've been pretty good about getting out either same day or next day. Okay. And now, how do you think your business will change because of this? I and mean, we are all learning from this experience, mm -hmm. but um, do you think you, you'll still be making hand, hand sanitizer? Do you think, I mean, fast forward, what's your prediction? Six months, what's it going to look like? I'm sure it's going to evolve <laughs> as it has uh, the past couple of months, but you know, uh, it's, it's uncertain. I mean, we're going to keep doing what we're doing and improving on a daily basis. Um, I do see us continuing sanitizer until very least the end of the year, if not beyond. Um, but you know, as I mentioned, yeah, we had a great team of folks that kind of came together that allowed us to get curbside pickup humming like a well-tuned machine, get deliveries working. I mean, Chris spent countless hours researching different software to allow us to really operate smoothly, smoother um, from when we were first doing it. Um, you know, Mike taking over the cocktail program, that's going to continue to grow and we'll probably get into more of the ready to drink segment, uh, actually working with a local brewery to can our cocktails to have just different options available. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to continue to evolve with what the market gives us and what the uncertainty gives us. Uh, keeping, you know, obviously the, the health and safety of our employees in mind and giving them a comfortable, safe work environment to work in. And, you know, out beyond the sanitizer, this is probably the most sanitary place you can be right now. On a nightly basis, we actually have, uh, I'll show it to you a little bit later, uh, an ozone generator, um, which we bought, I think, last year. Um, and we bought that because, you know, we're always trying to run a more sustainable uh, greener operation. As you, if you look up top, you'll see our sol solar panels. Um, and, uh, you know, with the ozone generator, what that does is basically it's a way of sanitizing our tanks using less chemicals and using less water. So it's a little bit of a greener operation. So on a nightly basis, we actually hook up the, uh, the generator and ozone our whole you know, tasting room slash fulfillment center. So you're coming into a sterile, clean environment uh, every day. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you were in many ways already poised for this. To some degree, yeah. to some degree. And that the sterilizer and the, um, the hand sanitizer, was that just an easy to switch over because of, of what you had? Tell me a little bit about what goes into it. Yep, absolutely. So uh, we're following the guidelines um, from World Health Organization around uh, you know, how to make the sanitizer. So it, it is an ethanol-based. Being a distillery, we produce ethanol. Uh, you know, we got some glycerin uh, to make sure your hands don't dry out. Mm -hmm. And then some hydrogen peroxide um, and uh, a little bit of uh, purified uh, deionized water. Uh, so that's the four pieces that go into it. Now, uh, as we've grown the operation, we're using denatured spirits, so people aren't drinking it. I've got stories about that, but we can talk about that offline. Right. Um, <laughs> no drinking that. <laughs> no, no drinking. drinking. Clear difference between yeah. what you can drink and what you can't drink. Um, so it was a shift, but it wasn't an easy one, as as you know, as you'd think, because. For about a four or five week period, supply chains were so shocked that what would normally take us a day or two to get now took four to five weeks. So we really had to get, I mean, my brother who does a lot of um, the purchasing, Vlad. And what is his name? Vlad. Okay. Um, he does a lot of the purchasing. I mean, he was on the phone day and night 
after hours because he has a full-time job, just working with different, you know, identifying different suppliers to get components in. And that's, you know, bottles to keep our, our spirits bottled, uh, which were different ones every week. Um, and also getting all the components, you know, the, the glycerin, the hydrogen peroxide, the ethanol um, that, you know, beyond what we produce here, we can source. Uh, so all, all that took a little bit of time because it, it was not easy. And someone would say, yeah, we can have it to you next day. They, they couldn't. Um, and also kind of making sure that you're not getting a scam too. That's the other thing because people can be opportunistic when you get an email saying, I've got tankers that can move to you tomorrow, which may not be there. So, you know, um, but we were able to get through it and really get things humming and, and get a good uh, – group of suppliers that were able to kind of meet the demands of you know the community but also of us as a company and were you also getting some of that sanitizer out to healthcare workers or i know there's a lot of a lot of businesses that's though they're struggling and, and pivoting so fast you know so quickly they've also thought of, of others so talk to me about that outreach. absolutely so beyond giving it out for free we do sell to businesses and we've you know businesses that have been operating during this time they they have purchased it now it took a while there was a backlog of about you know three to four weeks before we could get anything but now that we've got the operation going we can almost you know sell or give people the sanitizer the same day or next day so um People can place their order through boredomspirits.com. There's an order entry form. And then either Alex or Rob will reach out to them and, and schedule that. And we're doing more bulk than consumer, um, you know, gallon, five-gallon, and 55-gallon drum uh, containers. Uh, eventually, we might have smaller format, but to meet the demands of the market, you know, we figured larger format gets it out quicker. Mm -hmm. um, and we do have a bottler coming in for smaller format spray bottles that people can use more easily. Gotcha. And um, I'm sure, you know, being in the drive-through, seeing the line for, for vodka, for sanitizer, you're seeing humanity at its best and worst ah, as well. So what, what can we draw from this? I mean, I know you don't have, we don't have that much time, but I, I just wanted to ask you that last question about what can we draw from this experience as um, business owners, as community members, um, as neighbors? You know, you could almost write a book from all the different stories that came out of all this, but you do see a lot of people stepping up um, you know, when things were tough in the very beginning because we couldn't get hydrogen peroxide, we would tell people like, hey, can you bring some peroxide? Well, we can make more sanitizer with it. And we still have people showing up with peroxide. So it was great. Just people show up bottles of their peroxide uh, that allowed us to keep running the operation. So that was really kind of humbling in a sense to see that, hey, the community does get behind a lot of this stuff. Um, but, you know, and it, there's so many different lessons from just the business world in evolution to – how people step up um, in helping companies to continue to do the right thing. So it's, it's I, I can't, how much time you got? Because I can tell you there's, there's so many different things to learn from all this. But, you know, and also just having the right team of folks that are dedicated, stepping up. And I'm, I'm talking about the people that just, that weren't our employees that just showed up and like, hey, I'm here to work. Got any work for me? And they stepped up and did a fantastic job. So. Wow. Well, it's, um, it's an inspiring story. And I want to thank you again for giving me the tour and, and sharing um, what I think is a, a, a successful business story that, uh, that I'm hoping will, will keep pe people lifted and, um, and at least let, let the community know a little bit more about a business that's doing more than just serving cocktails. This is Marion Callahan reporting for Gannett News from Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Just gonna run this 
dogs to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.